move on to chapter two, the power of insight. I was really struck with the the distinction that Jamie makes between the difference of reading for information versus reading for insight. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I could relate to it in a number of ways, both, both from a reading perspective. Um, I know I spent most of my time as a kid in school reading to just get the, you know, check off that I'd read the required pages that the teacher had assigned. I wasn't reading for enjoyment. I wasn't reading for insight. I wasn't reading for any, for understanding. I wasn't reading for any reason other than just to get through it. And and for most of my life, I hated reading. Um, I kind of had the insight that I've been doing it wrong all, all this time. <laughs> so that was a, a bit of a wake up call for me. And, and, this reading thing, I also think of it as listening, you know, as, as I've gotten more uh, involved with coaching and listening to clients and then seeing how that listening can translate over to my relationships, you know, listening for information versus listening for understanding or for insight. Um, and it's two, it's two big, two big things that are quite different. Um, the listening one is, is for me is, is so is so big. Uh, it, it, um, it's always intriguing to me. We had we had people in our house yesterday, and it's always intriguing to me when there's a group of people and there's a bit of an animated. It was a very political conversation going on yesterday, mm. and people have opinions, and and I I'm just sitting back observing it, and and waiting to see when someone jumped in before the other person stopped talking. It, 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 it happens all the time So that, because people are they're in their heads going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, I know, I know this thing, or I think this thing, or uh, so that from a listening point of view, um, I mean, not to, not even to go near the coaching and, and, and at this point, because there's so much more to talk about that, but <clears throat> just in general and every day, in everyday life, how people listen, or rather how they don't. Um, I remember, I mean, twenty plus years ago, early on in my in my coaching, uh, to when they were talking about listening from our point of view or listening from their point of view, and most people haven't listened, learned to listen from another person's point of view. They they just you know they wouldn't see that as a thing because they're they're in their own heads so. of. You know, I have my thoughts and I have my opinions and I have my feelings about this and you know, I want to get that out there. Um and and just even then you go back to kids again if you watch how, how kids don't particularly listen because they're not there yet, but it's just intriguing that yes, there's there's such a vastness to listening. Mm-hmm. And and we seem to be we have such capacity for it. Um but maybe not taking full advantage. Yeah, the just as both of you are talking. First of all, I, I realised that until um, that insight was another word that didn't. It wasn't even in my mind. Like it's just not there. <laughs> One of the like. I, I didn't have a concept of insight, or better, it was a concept of me 
not being an insightful person. So it was something that, that I pushed away. And in the same way that that reading or listening or, or anything else, um, I'm thinking especially back to sort of kids who often hear, you know, by the time they've got to the end of the school term and it's report time, and how often I would see on mine, my school report, like implications that suggest Elaine just doesn't listen. And and how that actually has shaped a large part of my life, especially for trying to read something or trying to listen to something. Because either way, somebody out there in chapter one, in the circumstance, has told me that I can't do it. And mm-hmm. I've believed them. Mm-hmm. And in particular, when I'm reading, let's say, or when I was reading, I would realize that I was trying to read something that, especially if it, okay, and okay. So I notice while I'm reading this book in particular, because Jamie, for me, uses a language that I'm just not used to, that's all. Um, his whole lexis, the syntax, the, the everything. Um, whereas when Jamie speaks, and even if he's speaking the same words, I seem to understand it better. Oh. And I sort of have a little proof of that because some of the, the tech, I've, I've read the text of his 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 videos, his audio videos. I read the text and read along and mm. realize that that I definitely have a, a preferential way of learning. So I'm wondering if if from that listening listening for insight, let's say, or reading for insight. could in some way also be, back to chapter one, some kind of misunderstanding that that blocks the process, if you like. Mm. Yeah, pres- presuming that I have learned how to read and have, have learned, let's say, how to listen. And not only that, but presuming, okay, reading maybe not, could be not, but listening is actually that we're, born with the ability to listen unless unfortunately we have some sort of impediment or something but generally speaking most human beings have an innate capacity to listen Mm -hmm. so again if there's something in listening that actually has something to do with misunderstanding in the same way yeah but it reminds me of the in on page 24 25 he talks about the magic eye uh, Mm. images that you you have to look at a certain way, and then the image will appear to you in the the graphic. But it's it's kind of like that. Like if you, you know, if you're grinding away trying to have an insight, it's the same as grinding away trying to see those hidden images. Like you can't. That's not how you do it. It's about softening your gaze or quieting your mind. Yeah. And it yeah, and a, a beautiful. I've got a beautiful example of that. Um. 
I can't do those magic eye things. Mm. And I've just realized why. I've only ever done it once, very recently, very, very recently. And I've realized that every time it's been like up in your head, oh, my God, everybody's everybody's doing this and I'm missing out here and I've got to be able to do this, so I'll put this image in front of me and I'll Mm. stare at it. And I'll be going... Where's the where's the image? Where's the image? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> where's the where, where is it? You know. All right, Lil, no, no, you've just got to soften your gaze. Okay, how do you soften your gaze, Elaine? Soften your gaze, Elaine. Soften your gaze. Like nothing happened. Mm. And I walked past there was some um here in here in Turin, street artist, he'd got some stuff up and he'd got up a series of stuff that he'd actually painted. You know, the those magic eye drawings. And I, I wasn't, I just walked past it. But you know, you walk. I've got shops on one side, and then I've got the street on the other, and the these the sellers, the the the, the guys have lined up their 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 wares and their things up on the on the street side. So and people. So I'm kind of looking here, looking there, just to avoid the people, basically. And I wasn't really interested in what all these little you know banks and stuff were benches and stuff were selling. But I just turned my head one way and just caught what I caught was the image embedded before I'd even realized that I was looking at one of those magic eye paintings and that's the only time I've ever been able to see one because I didn't even know I was looking at it And that's interesting. You had no contaminated thinking? None whatsoever at all. <laughs> I, I'm, you know. Yeah. None whatsoever there. at all. That's a brilliant example. That's yeah. such a good example of no contamination. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and how much that perhaps contamination is definitely connected to expectations. Like I'd expected to be able to see this thing that I couldn't see when I put myself to the test. Mm-hmm. As soon as you put yourself to the test, you're in your head looking for the mm-hmm. test and wondering if you're going to pass it or all the rest of it. Yeah. So there, and automatically there were no expectations because I wasn't even expecting to see the image. And lo and behold, there it came. I wasn't even expecting to see anything. I just wasn't expecting full stop. Yeah. Well, I, lo- I love how that points to there's this, a sentence I highlighted. It says, the reality is that every person has the source of insight and realization within them. Yeah, you know, I like, like that. Like there's a, that's a great example of how, like, Elaine cannot see these magic eye posters, except for when she can. <laughs> she can, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah. a perfect example. The capacity. You have to great. remember that example, Lorraine. It's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Past yeah. there. So there. Yeah. That is such, I will remember that example. That's a brilliant example. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fabulous, Greg. It, it's because the everything hinges on except when she thinks she can, or when she can. The other one that you thing you said early earlier that really struck me was, um, you know, the belief that you couldn't listen properly because mm. the teacher or whoever had told you that that was the case. Yeah, on and, numerous uh, occasions, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. For sure. 
I mean, this is, I know for me, kind of like you, Elaine, kind of talking about not even knowing what an insight was or whatever. Like I, I've had kind of milestone moments in my life that I thought I, I had a clear idea of what had happened or how, how it, it, what has occurred. And then when I discovered this idea of insight, I realized, oh, that's not actually what happened. It was, I had an insight. So I'll give you an example. So my, I grew up with an older brother who's almost two years older, but was only one year ahead of me in school because he's a January baby and I'm an October baby. So technical in, and you know, real terms, I was always, I was the youngest of my, of the people in my grade. So developmentally, I was always behind and he was the oldest in his grade and was always kind of developmentally ahead. Anyway, long story short, he's like a super genius, most amazing student, blah, blah, blah. And here, so every year I'd get to school and they say, oh, you're Chris Fisher's brother. And then I'd start doing tests and things. And I'd be like, are you sure you're Chris Fisher's brother? Because <laughs> I couldn't compare with his level of academic performance. And in grade, when I was going into grade seven, we moved from Mississauga to Waterloo, which is about an hour west of where we are. And uh, all of a sudden I was in a school setting where nobody knew who Chris Fisher was. Nobody knew who Greg Fisher was. And that whole comparison just, it didn't exist. And that was the year that um, the, you know, that was the start of me doing well academically in school. Um. And I'd always known that this was like, that was a, a pivotal time in my life. Um, but I had chalked it up to the circumstances. Oh, it's because I'm in a new town with new friends and new teachers and blah, blah, blah. But I, when I look back at it now with the language of knowing what an insight is, and re- like I realized I had an insight that I was capable of doing better, that I, I all those years when I didn't do well, it's because I convinced myself that I, I wasn't capable um, and I didn't really try because it was a futile, why, why even bother trying? Like I'm not going to be able to compare or compete. Um, and then when I had that insight that it's not about competing, it's just about being true to myself and boom, everything's kind of taken off uh, from there. So yeah, the, the power of, of that insight was quite profound for me in my life. Yeah. And, and how often it, it, it sounds like it's so interesting. It sounds like it, you weren't even caught in your belief, you were caught in other people's. Yeah. I mean, how how incredible is that? Yeah. You, were, you were caught in, in their belief. Wow. Hmm. What did I highlight? After the magic eye piece, that I I love this whole realization paragraph. The reading for realization, listening to music. Um, when you're reading or listening for realization, you get a feel for what the person's saying, seeing beyond a written or spoken word, to what they're really trying to convey. And that goes back to kind of my point about about conversation when you're. And I think if we talk about it, but in our terms, when we're listening for, for connection as opposed to listening for content, you just hear so much more um, with people when you're when you're really trying to get a handle at, as to what's going on, not just what what's 
what someone is, is saying and what they're what they're expressing. I think for me that that kind of that whole realization and all and um listening on a different way what's what it and making the space space for insight to to emerge, which is clearly what you were able to do when you got to a different environment. Mm. There was space for you to, to, to see something else that you hadn't seen. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a third kind of category called listing to fix things, <laughs> which mm. is the, is the the mode I I have often found myself in with my daughter in particular. So when she'll tell me about what's going on with her at school or with work or friends or whatever, I'm in fix it mode. Like oh, she's coming to me with a problem. I need to solve it, and. Uh, she said to me one day, she goes, dad, I'm telling you all this, not so you can fix it. I just need you to listen. And it was kind of a, a wake up call that, you know, the support she needs from me as her father is just to listen to her and um, be there and support her and connect with her. I don't need to solve her problems for her. And I underline the sentence here, that the biggest value is going to come from the core of your being like the the biggest the only thing that's going to make a difference for my daughter in those cases is something that she sees for herself it's not going to be mm -hmm. something that daddy tells her <laughs> to do or to not to do um and i, I find that has been a, a huge paradigm shift for me in coaching is is 100 knowing that the thing that's going to solve solve my client's problem is going to come from them an insight that they're going to have for themselves. Yeah. And and also just to add to that, Greg, the, the knowing that they have the resources within them yeah. to be able to do that. Cause you know, just kind of thinking your daughter was so right. And how often have I heard my daughter, not exactly quite so elo eloquently as mm -hmm. your daughter seemed <laughs> to have said it. You know, me. Basically, <laughs> mother where to get off kind of thing. And, because it's so true. And as I look back, you know, I guess every bleep moment that I've had and I've sort of said, ah, you know, I need some help on this. The thing is that you actually really already know, more or less, you know, maybe more, maybe less, what the solution is. You already know that. And, and, and when people come in and try to fix what it is that you already know, it's kind of like a a sort of, it's like some sort of painful jar to your own sense of dignity and knowing and, and, and own inner knowledge. Like, we already know that. Now what are you going to try and fix that? Well, I already know that. Mm. But what I what you want is, you know, like your daughter says, is just something else. It's a support. It just be there. It's like you know, Matt, my case, it was mum just shut up and listen to me. That's what I'd get, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 there's that second one when mm. you can see the resources that people have within them. Any any 
perhaps any inkling or, or tendency to want to fix it will be um, removed. Okay, I guess you know, providing mm. in my case that I'm that my mind is clear and the connection's good, and that I can actually see that for myself with my, for example, with my clients. Mm. You just made me think of something, and it's so many years ago, and I, I haven't thought of it for so long. When I first started my coaching training, I had a mentor coach, and I loved her dearly. I thought she was super skilled, and, and she was. But you just reminded me of something. It, it was it was very um, back in the day. <laughs> it's when coaching was very practical. And she always used to give me homework. And I never did it. I, you have to bleep that, Greg. I never did it because it didn't make sense to me. Mm. And I would feel all the resistance, but I was kind of afraid to say, I'm not doing that. It doesn't make sense to me. And I, so I'd go off and do whatever I was doing. And then probably I came, it was a bit like going to confession. I came back and I missed it up. I just, I've forgotten all about that. And it just, I didn't even see, oh my God, this is actually crazy. I just realized now it's like, wow. No wonder I was resistant to that. It just didn't make sense. Mm. So back to the listening and 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 the connection and her having the knowing that I knew what to do. That that's amazing to me. Yeah, I, and it made me feel bad. It actually made me feel bad. I was thinking, well, this, these are probably the things I should be doing because if mm. she thinks I should be doing, I probably should be doing them. Well, they don't make sense to me, so I'm not going to do them. The whole thing. For a long time as it happens, but how mm. interesting. That's a good lesson, isn't it? Yeah. Coaches. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I hadn't seen that. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I said. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> it, yeah, it's wonderful. That's the way it usually works. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, oh wow. Should we jump into the uh, thought experiment for this chapter? Yeah. yeah. I'll, read, I'll read it out. It says, uh, this is on page 30. Thought experiment. Insights and realizations are a natural part of being alive. Sometimes small, everyday insights end up being as profound as the big ahas. As you think about it now, what are some of your more useful and impactful insights and aha moments so far? I had one at the weekend. Was it the weekend or Friday? I can't remember. And it really was a moment of I am exactly where I am supposed to be. And that was it. It, it was just, it, it was like it flashed up in really big letters. And I went, oh, cool. That's cool. amazing and did that did that feel like a i i jamie used this metaphor of uh, icebergs calving when big chunks of ice fall off the side of an iceberg into the ocean i'm just curious when you had that insight what, what was the feeling that came with that it, it was probably before i sent elaine that message saying i feel guilty <laughs> yeah it was really it's really like that mm. yeah it it's like it's been a whole like I've shed layers. Mm. Yeah, 
absolutely, like I said, layers. And and I'll take it even further. I'll take it even further in regards to this understanding because I have been beating myself up a little bit that um um not as far as I should be, could be, want to be, need to be. I've been doing all that, and then I just looked to my. It was something. I'm pretty sure it must have been after I heard something from Doctor Bill Pettit. I don't know. And I was just like, no, I'm just exactly where I'm supposed to be. And that, and that's it. That's the only place I can be. So that's just it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. yeah. Where I else could you be? I haven't had a sore tummy in days, interestingly. I have not had a sore tummy in days, which which had, has been a bit of a problem. Really. Mm. So there's a, and I just realized that. Yeah. Yeah, where else could I be? Yeah. <laughs> where else could I be? <laughs> What about you guys? Small, big, any? Yeah, yeah small one that's just come to mind. I I find I have a problem, actually. I know I've had many since I began this this course, or at least I'm aware of many um, on the understanding that I'm sure I've had many in my whole life but just haven't seen it, so, so where I'm coming from. But one, one I've just had sort of like, I don't know, a few minutes ago I, as I was um, listening to you guys, was the the different take on these two words and and the meaning and the, and the hugeness behind it and the words are i actually the three words i don't know and how wonderful it is to be able to say that even when at the, the moment of saying it you're in the position of supposed authority mm. and like all the contamination, con- contaminated thinking would po- point me to, you should know. Why don't you know? Which would lead to wanting to fix something. But I, just the the in so the insight I've had is just realizing that I'm beginning to say, I don't know, more and more. Mm-hmm. So like I'm doing the same things. It's all exactly the same, and then my answer is always this: I don't know. But whereas prior to that would be like a full awareness of I actually don't know, <laughs> which would create a hell of a lot of havoc in my behavior and in my head and all the rest of it. And being able to like consciously say, ah, I don't know. Hmm. And that's actually quite huge. And it's it's a very humbling experience. Just even to be able to share it. You know what? I just don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it's funny. The same three words wrapped in love and possibility and excitement versus doubt and inferiority mm-hmm. and uh, shoulds. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. One insight that's coming to mind for me was um, I was on a course that weekend with Jamie and and on the Saturday, my wife was taking my daughter to get a nose piercing, which I was like adamantly against, even though I have tattoos and stuff. But it was just like, I had all this thinking around, well, what does it say? Yeah. What does it say about her? What does it say about, you know, what are people going to think? What's it going to say about me? I don't know. All these kinds of things. Anyway, over the course of the, the morning session i had it i had a realization that it's like i'm making all this stuff up like it's you know 
whatever. So anyway, when they came back home, we were on a break and my wife and daughter came in the door and I ran over and I said, oh my God, I had a a huge insight this morning. I said, Veronica, no, you know, no matter what you do or whatever, you have my unconditional love. I love you no matter what. Yeah. And her response was, you're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was a big moment for her. Not so much. But I love that. Anyway, it, it was, it was good. Oh, that's really, what did they say from the mouth of faith? <laughs> Oh wow, well. so that's funny. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> oh man, that's so. I like that. Yeah. To so go back to your time. I don't know thing, Elaine. Oh, go, no, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go just ahead. just quickly on the end, Greg, very mm. quickly. Uh, and so, Greg, the next stage mm. is to actually realize that you're so weird. Is a compliment. Oh yeah, totally. And it's it's wrapped in love, just like yeah. my I don't know is. Yeah. <laughs> in love and understanding. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, I was thinking about your I don't know thing, and I think where I don't know is really useful. We might have talked about this last week, Elaine. It's where we are making assumptions about what other people think because it's making us feel something. Yeah. And if we really truly acknowledge that we do not know what the other person is thinking, it, it releases so much. It just releases so much because unless we actually ask them and they are 110% honest with us, which people can't always be because they don't, maybe don't know it all themselves, um, for us to really think, I don't know. And what it, I'm speaking from experience over the past week or so, what it also does is releases us from our story because we've now made a story around it all so-and-so is thinking this and, and that's why they behave like that and that's why I feel like this and and then and so it goes on so if we can actually draw back and go actually I really don't know mm. it, this, it looked like this or this happened but I don't know actually what was going on don't know what they were thinking don't know why they did that that's it you know it just releases so yeah. so much it's huge to, to be able to say that to ourselves and it saves a hell of a lot of time as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like let, let, let's get on with, you know, like into some curiosity yeah. and into some, some something, you know, sort of yeah. hanging around in yeah. the I don't know space. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it, it occurs to me too that even, even if we did know, or even if the person told us, they're just telling us a made up story. Too. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Where are we at? We're at I the, think we're uh, at the end of the the chapter. So, I got. Is there anything else yeah. that we want to say about insight? Um, the only thing, the only other thing, I don't know if it was in this chapter or not, but that comes to mind for me is um, that I found very helpful for myself is knowing where my insight friendly spaces are. So I, mm. I find myself feeling stuck or 
don't know, in a, in a low mood, I go for a walk or I go for a nap or I go have a shower. Like those are my three kind of go to. Um, and, and sometimes I have to do all three in sequence <laughs> <laughs> before, uh, before I snap out of it. But uh, I often find my, if I'm on my computer all day and I'm trying to solve a problem or build something, I can't figure out how to do it. I'll just go lie down for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, I may not even yeah. fall asleep, but I just let my mind settle and sure almost guaranteed that by the end, a new fresh idea will pop into my head for how I can approach it and back to work again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I get, I, the only thing I can sort of think to say about insight is, you know, maybe to anybody who's maybe new to this or, or or hasn't even got a clue, you know, fine. But like, I sort of feel like saying, you know, God, guys, if I can do it, you can do it. You can all do it. And it's mm-hmm. there. And and li- because literally, I, I mean, I have tons of insights today. I honestly do. They may be silly or, or just silly, silly never, but just, you know, small. They're not sort of mind blowing or just, but always pertinent to something um you know for me moving from a place of what i kind of now consider my past life like sort of i was just completely oblivious mm-hmm. and it and so like if if somebody like me with such a low sort of consideration of themselves can actually get to i mean literally you know five six seven eight insights some big some small some important some just curious some whatever on a on a daily basis you know that sort of there is hope there's hope for all of us Mm. that can be as any sort of final consideration on chapter two and insight i i think for me there elaine it's that it was happening your whole life you just didn't notice Mm. absolutely it absolutely happens you know there'll be a million times where you've had an insight changed direction made a different decision didn't yeah. do something it's been happening all the time it just yeah. wasn't on your radar yeah i guess this is going to come up again in chapter three you know how perception is created if you like or or it's something to do with the consciousness which I guess I'll be getting into later on, but that's the next bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, this has been very insightful, so thank you both. It's been very insightful. Most (laughs) enjoyable. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you.